Three, two, one. Hey, no sync. Well, who's going to do the introductions? You. No, you do it. What are you saying? Hey everyone, welcome to the Friendly Jimmy's podcast where we talk about uh, like basically things that are just filtering around in the news and um, movies mislove scene <laughs> and then Ali tries to relate those to movies that he saw in the early 2000s that have nothing to do with those films. And eating disorders. And, Sorry, yes, and, and insecurities as well. <laughs> so clearly this is... The best part. Stay tuned. Sign up to our Patreon for extended content of that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's start with the news. Well, give us a give us an overlay. What do you think about Peter Dutton as the opposition leader? He's good. He's real. Good. Really? Well, how do you know? Have they sat in Parliament yet? No, but I've seen him in his little press conference, and oh, he no. is amazing. He's so effective. What does he and say? How is exactly he effective? the same as how's every other liberal politician ever? But uh, how, do, how is he effective when he looks like the bad guy from Harry Potter and no one? Well, you can't really say that anymore, right? Didn't Tanya Plibersek have to like apologize for that? Yeah, and I've, immediately I've got a bone to pick with Labor. I'm just going to have to move into the exact same territory as Teals. Bill Maher and sitting there and just being like, the Labor Party really needs to get over this cancel culture. <laughs> that was Sorry, incredible. Ali, it was I'm just, I really, it's it's. You know what I think that is? I think that that is the the press. As I've said before, uh, all a bunch of geeks from school. And as a result of that, they don't like appearance calls. But everybody else who is a normal adjusted human being that went to a public school knows that that's not the worst thing in the world. But to them it is because they're that insecure. And you can see all the press obsessing over it. Being like, oh my God, I've definitely said that on Twitter and just deleted that, my, me saying it six years ago. But now we can hit the Labour Party on it. And... Anthony Albanese plays into it, I think, because he knows that the press just never shut up about, like, oh, appearance and no substance. And then they go on and ask Peter Dutton for an hour after his press conference where he announces what his platform will be and why he's different. And the whole thing is just, uh, Peter Dutton, gay people hate you because you're homophobic. What's your response to that? Peter Dutton, you hate women, which is amazing. Now they do this thing and they've just been like, uh, no, we're just going to cut on... Uh, Susan Lay, who just sits there and stares <laughs> blankly into the camera, is like, as a woman, I fully support Peter Dutton. And then he just steps back on. It's just this weird little Whoa. ritual that Canberra has created because of all their cuckness. And you can see it. Every single question. You hate gays. You hate immigrants. You hate women. Every single one. There wasn't one substantive question. Not one. On policy. Well, so what happens now? This three years of labor, is that going to be the flavor of the season? Just those questions? Or are we going to have some policy discussions? No, we never have policy discussions, but it is. The, the rot has seeped in, Ali. It wasn't. It didn't used to be this way, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't used to be this way at all. All right, so I suppose. At least in the old days, Bobcat would have just come out with a whip and just be like, get out, catch. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it should have stayed. So what happens now? Do you think. <laughs> With a pull whip. Fuck. Wouldn't that be great? Ah, you're from Hack, are you? Hack this. <laughs> would Peter Dutton be able... Would Peter Dutton... Is Peter Dutton able to now get uh, appeal to the Teals and reinvent his image? No, Christ, no. He's not doing that. He's just going straight into the suburbs. And... Right. He's good at doing it. And I honestly think, because the, the whole idiot press, it's amazing. Christo was pointing this out. 
I was kind of like thinking about it a lot, but he tied it all in together very well. You listen to Sky News. It has excellent breakdowns of demographics. It has excellent breakdowns of what strategy should be for the Liberal Party because all they do is talk to Liberal politicians. Then you listen to the bubble in The Guardian, the ABC, the Sydney Morning. People... It's like they've never spoken to a politician or the whole time they're just sitting there just being like, hmm, what do I categorise that sentence as? We've got three box checks as your homophobic, racist or sexist. Mm, let's go through the sexist window this time. Go. That's, that's all they're thinking the whole time. They're morons, absolute morons. And they <laughs> were... Uh, like, I, I think that now that Dutton is in, he's got a gravitas to him that Scott Morrison didn't have and I think in the last election and it's so obvious as well you just talk to the average person they just hated him because he's smug and annoying and he, uh, he clearly looks like a jelly bean he that sucked. should be smug about anything he sucked he that sucked. was it he just yeah. sucked. He sucked he sucked but Peter Dutton and I truly think this you can sit there and be like hey evil he look evil and scary it's like yeah but with that comes gravitas right at least there comes authority and he has that stern cop voice you know, he's an ex-cop, right? An ex-cop. He, he is like he, he has the demeanor of exactly what the Liberal Party should be, which is that Tony Abbott party of yeah. just no, no, no nonsense, <laughs> yeah. <street> dead. <laughs> yeah. I've never laughed once in but my ha- life. How about the argument that like people are saying, where it's like it's good that he's the opposition leader because he's kind of, you know, he's kind of like the worst of that side in terms of just being like. I don't give a shit. I reckon the world's flat. It's like these graphs here of the world being circled. It's like, fuck off, you know? That's a good thing for Labor. No, because he's not like that. You right. listen to him speaking. He's a lot more pragmatic than Tony Abbott is. He's not one of those people that just sits there. He's, he's better at... And he's, he's also better at framing it constantly in this way of, no, no, this... This is uh, shilly. This doesn't make any sense at all, and gives reasons for it. And this is the other thing that I think is severely lacking. And I've always said this about Peter Dutton: he's Paul Keating minus the uh, brilliant homosexual flair. Of him, you know? <laughs> what? Like, really? I think he is. He's Holy just he's, he's a he's a very deep thinker. Dude, it's finally happened. Vision. Jordan just no goes. Ag- Jordan just goes against the grain. He can't not do yeah, it. Yeah, like the Liberal like- Party. <laughs> the Labor Party. Like he's just switched. It's yeah, just like- my hatred of Dude. the minor party has switched to the Nationals instead of the Greens. <laughs> Dude, <this is> <laughs> the <laughs> eternal underdog. Jordan is the eternal underdog. He can't. He's not comfortable in the fucking winning seat. He can't. I'm not, okay, I, I feel very uncomfortable. This yeah. is a hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Holy into it. Well, yeah. so actually, one of the things that a lot of people are asking is. Are you going to talk about the Labour government the same way you were talking about the Liberal government? I suppose. What do you obviously want? Obviously not. What? No, obviously not. But, but like, that's a dumb question. What do you want Labour to be doing in the next three years? Do you have anything that you particularly care about? Yeah, they've outlined exactly what they're going to be doing in the next. No, three no, years. no, they've outlined it. But is there something that you want them to do? Yes, and this is the other thing because okay, the one quote-unquote substantive issue that you will hear the press talk about over and over again is climate change. You know why they talk about climate change? I was thinking about it a lot. Climate change is another culture war. It's another identity politics thing. It's not people are just going to say, like, yeah, it's a scientific issue. Yeah, it is a scientific issue, but it has been so propagandised that it has become a culture war. And so the reason that the press are always talking about it is because in their head it ticks that box of, like, oh, 
minorities and all that kind of stuff, right? That's why they, that's the only substantive thing they talk about and they don't really talk about anything substantive after 2050 targets and don't really care what they say after that, just as long as they say 2050 targets. But my thing is I actually do, again, like I'm just going for the underdog here, but I do agree with the Murdoch press's point of it's 1% of emissions and it matters more about what China and the US does with that. The reason that I think that Australia should be moving towards those is because of the economic benefits that you will get from moving out of climate change. But in terms of, and also this would play into it, but forestry and like agricultural management would be better. But that's the thing that as a federal government, you should be focusing on in protecting this country. You should be focusing on land clearing, plastics, mm. pesticides, <coughs> uh, the, the fact that the Murray-Darling is permanently changed. And you will never hear the press ask any of those questions about that. And that's what I will be focusing like laser hawk on to the Labor government. And I'm sure that they will deliver like they have delivered since the 80s on environmental legislation. But other than that, go nuts. And on top of this, I hate all these people being like, you can't hold them to account like the Liberal You can't hold them to account like the Liberal Party because they're a government. They're a competent government. They actually do rebuild the public institutions of this country that keep it ticking over. So what am I going to do? Come out there and just say, oh, the Labor Party's terrible. Why? Because it appeals to some dickheads on Reddit that just like being negative for no reason. Mm. And what, what do you think about like uh, the comparison of uh, Albo's Tokyo visit to ScoMo's Hawaii? Did you see that? They have a point. Oh, fuck. <laughs> How good's that? And you like leave the, on steroids. On steroids. It was worse. It was yeah. worse. But what is it, Paul Murray? But we had the revolution. But do you know why the, the, it was worse? Resistance. And that's what I'm going to be calling it from now on. Every time I refer to Peter Dutton, I'm going to be referring to him as Peter Dutton, deputy leader of the resistance. Yeah. Paul Murray. He's the, the leader. leader. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Parliament got a whole but lot fatter. Do you know why the Murdoch media was saying that the Tokyo visit was bad? <laughs> Sorry. Do you know why they compared yeah, it to Yeah, where Albanese picked off poor Murray. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Donut with his watches, like the the Rush Limbaugh guy. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they throw out these cold sponge cakes. They're perfectly fine after the use by date. <laughs> Three to four days at least. This is what's happening in this Expiry country. Expiry dates are another liberal scam. <laughs> just trying to regulate what you decide to put in your body. They haven't got food poisoning yet. <laughs> Anyone Sorry, on the dole that says they're hungry, go to a local diff dive dive and get some of that chocolate cake. You haven't got an excuse. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it, my friends. Um, <laughs> if you guys... Dude, it's ridiculous. The comparison is ridiculous. He didn't leave in, 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 in a global fucking natural disaster. He left for like a few days because it was his like parliamentary duty like what yes what, what, like he should have been here no doing i know nothing. that i know that but i want to know why paul murray thinks it was worse than the hawaii he's a fucking idiot dude yeah but he must have some reason <laughs> no because yeah, can anyone tell us in the comments because that's all i heard was dude that here's thing. the reason if you're dogmatic about politics then you'll find any excuse to hate on the opposite this is side true. and that's what sky news does they're like like dude anything they will pick on anything. They'll be like, one of his shoes is scuffed up, scuffy elbow. Yeah, the whole media does it. So it's like, that's an obvious answer, right? No yes. one knows the reason. Everyone's like, they I never just told reasons. you the reason. That is the reason, but I want to know his reason, his truth. Oh, his, dude, you can, okay, this is what he would say. He'd be like, 
he'd, he'd say something like, he'd be like, um, he'd be like, how is it any different? He should, uh, he had to get his parliament in order. He shouldn't have went over there. And what for? Well, actually, wasn't that for defence? Yeah, it was, yeah, was to be. What has he got to complain the about? That Scott Morrison set up. What has he got to complain? That, that, that is like, oh, that okay, is okay, here insane. Here we go. Here's the reason. Here's the reason. What? The reason was that he was leaving portfolios unattended to be assigned by invisible Labour Party insiders without input from Albo or Bull, some shit like bullshit. that. Bullshit. What, he didn't know? Yes, I'm sure shadowy figures decided to put everyone in the portfolio <laughs> and they hadn't been discussing <laughs> that yeah. for the last and also, nine exactly. years. Exactly. And Albo exactly. did have phone. Penny. He was like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He couldn't be called up to like... Well, so you're saying insiders are nominating the cabinet and Albo has no... Because he's like too busy like admiring Hello Kitty. That. Yeah, he's just like, oh, Penny Wong, Will... I didn't know why she was here, but if some cunt says show, <laughs> I don't think that's what happened. Okay. Oh my god, she was shadow foreign affairs minister, and now in government she's foreign affairs minister. One of the I am a puppet. One yeah. of the other, I don't like this shadow business. Is she shadowy? Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah, she's that inexperienced. <laughs> okay, another uh, thing against Albo is this picture. Apparently, paparazzi took a picture of him in the morning. When he was out to get his yeah, newspaper. That's a fucking legend. That's and a guy who's wearing man. pajamas, Ugg boots. And the criticism was that a man that comes out of his house like this, can we trust him with our economy and our oh, country? Oh, dude. Yes. Did you, Bob Hawke did that. Yes. That is the Australian way. What is wrong with people? I don't get what it. What the hell is wrong with people? It's like you can't win with them. He's too, He's dressed up. He's too phony and corporate. Oh, he looks like he's too relaxed. He's wearing a jersey. What the fuck do you want? What do you want? Yeah, what do you want? What you don't do you know want? what you want. You don't know. Like, this you is don't the whole fucking thing. know. All the press do is bitch. That's That's it. all they can do, bitch. That's all they do, bitch. Bitch and moan and bitch and bitch, bitch and, and bitch. And pedestrian made fun of it by his, uh, keeping a picture of uh, Alba wearing a suit as his Tinder profile and his pajamas as his... And oh, my was. God. And in true pedestrian fashion, it deserved... No actual words <laughs> at all, and instead, 10 cry-laugh emojis. <laughs> Dude, I'm really coming around to this idea of yours, Jordan, that the media sucks. <laughs> and that they're kind of useless <laughs> and superfluous. It's just... It's just they are. Yeah. I, 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 like, I'm, I'm... That's all I'll be hammering. You want to know what my content's going to be for the next three years? I'm not even going to be focusing on Dutton that much. I'm just going to be focusing on how bad the questions are that the media pose Dutton. Mm -hmm. Dude, you know what? Actually, Albo and the Labour government already have one victory to celebrate. Mm. Which is? Uh, well, so Penny leave Wong. the man the fuck alone. Leave him the fuck alone. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see ScoMo po fo photos of him getting his... I anyway, mean, his Sarah hair Gull. does look very messy. Yeah, Not what was very it? prime ministerial. It looks better like that. <laughs> yeah, it, look, it, kind it looks, looks like looks vicious. Yeah, he does. Um, and I want to see him in Parliament wearing his Newtown Jets jersey. That'd That's be great. so much more Aussie. That would be great. After None of this rabido shit. Show your <laughs> real representation. <laughs> yeah. After yeah. the Solomon Islands, Chinese had offered security packs to a lot of the Pacific countries like Fiji, the ones that are close to us. And uh, after Penny Wong... Um, going there and this she sort of talked them out of it and they've rejected the deal what with china yep oh my god not the solomon islands that one's already uh, done but fiji has come out and said and a few of the other right. other nations have so uh, currently so they're already rejected pulling their weight like 
geopolitically. And by only saying... Is that pedestrian article? And, the, and she didn't even promise them the moon and stars. She just said that we'll promise that we'll always be a good voice for climate change because that's one of the biggest issue for them. And secondly, that we're not going to forget about you. We'll just, we'll give you aid and shit. Was it really that hard? <laughs> Dude, you're, can I just say, you are allowed to be more sympathetic to labor because you, I've always said you are, and that's fine. You're not a fucking, you're not some, I hate all this shit of people just being like, are you going to be, it's like, if you, if you know, if you genuinely believe that they, that, you know, they might make mistakes, but that's not necessarily conducive to like, let, let's look at the big picture here. You know what I mean? Let's look at the big fucking picture. And the big yeah, picture is the boats moving in this direction. So you can, you can just be like, it's fine. Just relax. Like yes. fuck off all this. Yes. Like, don't feel, you shouldn't feel obliged at all to be like, oh, well, you know, like this policy is good, but like the last three dot points, oh, you know, they're sort of like up in the air. Just fuck, who gives a fuck? Just come on, big picture, move along. You don't have to do that. It's so, it's truly don't have to infuriating. Do because yeah. it's just don't, that don't same just thing of just yeah. everybody on the internet wanting an excuse to be negative for yeah. no reason. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we've got truly- It's been like three days. All the stats. Up there, at the very least, top five governments on earth. Right up there with all the countries that you fantasise about, with your little bloody cosplayers <laughs> of like, if only we were like Germany, if only yeah, we yeah. were like, you've got it now, yeah. and you want to complain. Yeah, just shut up. Everyone can shut up for a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of big picture, I want to... I don't mean you guys, just like... I can't remember his name, but the guy who called us during the live stream and said, have you guys checked out Peter Zihan? Yeah. I got into Peter Zihan rabbit hole. Oh, and yeah, that, uh, I'm glad like, one of us did. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and dude, he is, he is like, <laughs> one of the cool, one of the cool things about him is that he predicted the Ukraine war five years ago to the fucking year. So wow. what was his reasoning for it? Okay. So his reasoning was, Stop. he's obsessed <laughs> with, he's obsessed. He's obsessed with <laughs> demographics and population of countries. So he's saying that uh, Russian population has peaked. And now the number of people that are in Russia is going to narrow down very, very quickly. So he said that Russia needs to really act now. The reason why they need to act now is because they need to plug eight or seven holes that have been used in its history to get invaded. He's, apparently Russia has been invaded over 40 times. And so... He said that Ukraine is only the beginning of this and they they need to act now because of the demography changing. So if they don't do it now, they never will be able to. They got fucked over after they lost the Cold War and all of these holes were just basically, they couldn't really do anything about it then because they were too weak. So now they're in a position where they can at least try to do something. So he's saying that Ukraine is the first stop. Also, they don't just want Eastern Ukraine. They want all of Ukraine. And after Ukraine, they're going to go into like these other territories like Bulgaria, which is a NATO member. So we're looking at like some serious war ahead. Can I just say this is very Byzantine. Is it? It's sick that that whole region, the same geopolitics have been going on there since the Middle Ages. You want the, for the exact same reasons as well. You want to plug up the holes of your decreasing population and you want to do that by enslaving all the slavs <laughs> and now he's saying that the ukraine war is going to get really ugly 
because what, really? Yeah, because he so wait, what, but, what they figured out wait, he, like their he, loss in taking over Kiev and uh, Western <sighs> Ukraine was that you can't really do it in an easy way. You can't be too lenient on people. So he is saying that the new Russian way of doing it is is destroying all of the civilian infrastructure. What that does is it sort of uh, stratifies the people into two communities. One become refugees that leave, and it also makes it easier because the ones that are left are soldiers, so you can kill anyone. Wait, can you just summate the reason again for uh, someone who has a shit attention span? Yeah. Did you say their population is dropping? Yeah, so his... What, he, they're he leaving? Talks about people are leaving Russia? No, like just the... No, just, the not having enough babies. Not having enough babies. Oh, a declining birth rate. So a, a declining birth so, rate. So their, 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 their solution is to just expand the... No, plug the hole so that when they're weaker, they don't get uh, invaded. Oh. And they can only do it now because right now oh, they have... Oh, I got you. So it, population demographics are only going to get That's interesting worse. that the um, population is dropping because that seems to be more like an affluent uh, characteristic. Like when you're... Affluence goes up, your birth rate goes down, but Russia isn't some like I know there's Moscow's affluent. It's not an affluent thing. It's usually comes with industrialization, but he uh. also said that Russia will never be able to. Sorry, we would never be able to defeat Russia conventionally. So he says if there's a NATO war with Russia and U.S. fight Russia, and the rest of the world fights Russia, then Russia is going to be like, they're going to lose the war immediately because we know from Ukraine that their military isn't good enough. However, you can't sanction Russia into submission because Russia has a few advantages. Oil, One, their gas. biggest exports are the things that are needed for basic human survival. So oil and gas, which everyone knows about, that is basically your domestic energy needs being covered. Secondly, their second biggest exports are food, fertilizers. Again, something that you... This is Ukraine and Russia both. Something that you need. If everyone puts a sanction on you, you have enough supply of food for yourself. So basically, all he's saying is that the, what the sanctions are going to do is reduce the standard living of Russians, but not force them to basically give up. Yeah, but of course, that makes sense. But you think yeah. that the, the, so, which means that the war is going to continue. Now, he is saying that that's going to have devastating impacts on um, a country in uh, of, on South Asia and Middle East. Basically, he's saying that we're moving towards massive famines. What people are going to die of starvation? What from Ru Russia is not like the food. Russia and Ukraine produce a huge quantity of food, uh, grain supply and fertilizer supply, which is required to produce your own grain if you had to do it. All the, the other thing is, there, and, uh, huh? this this is just like a small thing. So his his analysis is that the U.S. when after the Second World War was the only military that could ensure. Um, global security. And they did that by bribing most of the countries to basically form one unit with them against the Soviet Union. And, uh, and one of the advantages of that was that the uh, US basically opened up the global in trade market for all of these countries that were siding with the US. And so all of our systems are dependent on U.S. basically providing security for the world so that all the trade can free uh, flow through without it being like sort of taken up by pirates or other countries that want to mess with you. And even in instances where 
um, countries try to do that, like Iran would seize tankers and stuff. The U.S. would basically bomb them to f- for them to submit. Now, so Peter Zion is saying that in the last, and he was saying this during the Obama administration, he was saying that the U.S. sort of attitude over this has changed. One of the big reasons for his change is that U.S. had to do this back in the day because they were dependent on uh, energy supplies from the Middle East, which they're not anymore. The U.S. is self-sufficient in energy. The cost of producing their oil and gas reserves is lower than the OECD average. So they don't need the world for their energy. Which me And the other thing that he's saying is that the political will for maintaining this global structure has dwindled, whether it be the neoconservatives or the neoliberals in the U.S. So now you have successive U.S. presidential candidates, and none of the candidates are talking about this global empire in the same way. And he was saying this before Trump even came on. And, and so it was basically kind of his prediction that came true with Trump. And he's now saying that all the shit that Trump was saying about China, Biden is cementing it in policy now. Mm. So what he is saying shit. is basically the U.S. is going to retreat and not be the security guarantor of this area. But, who's, but who, who will be affected by China? Yes, and so now, so his view on China is that China Who else is going to collapse soon. This is his <laughs> view. He's because you know what the irony of that is? The, the irony of that is kind of like, it would be in China's interest for America to intervene. Well, that's what Peter Zion is <laughs> oh, arguing. Yeah. Oh my God. That the biggest beneficiary <laughs> of this US brokered global peace deal was China. Once it sided with the U.S. against the Soviet Union uh, under the Nixon, they built their economy based on these complex supply chains where they became sort of producers of a lot of this manufacturing that they were supplying to the world and as a result got rich. He's saying that there's a few problems where this is going to collapse. One, once the U.S. moves away from the area, the oceans are going to be less secure. And once they're less secure, countries like Japan... Uh, China, Korea are all going to fight to ensure, to find out who basically controls these oceans, which is going to kill the supply chain. So according to him, COVID supply chain sort of breaking away, they're never going to come back. Because, and so the basically getting trade from one place to another is going to become much more difficult mm. in this uncertain world. And this is a problem for China on two folds. One, unlike the U.S., China depends a lot on uh, uh, energy from the Persian Gulf because so, they're not self-sufficient in energy. Mm. So they're always going to want to have that trade going. And in this new world where trade is going to be like, uh, there's going to be a sort of a fight over the oceans, their supply is going to be constantly blocked and that means lights out for China. The other thing that he's saying is that the one-child policy has had devastating effects on the Chinese uh, demography demographics to the point where... China is sort of aging at a really fast rate. Shit. And he is saying that most of China's sort of wealth comes from uh, non-value added, so less value added manufacturing, which depends on other markets that are not going to yeah. be available to it once the supply chain collapses. Is that maybe not good for like world peace though? Because no, America his, and his new China book, which I've ordered like chill more. Dude, his new book, which I've ordered and I'm yeah. waiting for, is called The End of the World is Just the Beginning. Yep. Well, so He's basically saying that the world is headed towards uh, just one of the most uncertain times 
But in a way, in recent it sounds like by certain superpowers uh, being threatened, not but like America's not threatening them. They're pulling away, and then these other areas are sort of this. These other situations are threatening. Doesn't that mean that, that de-escalates the 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 like agroness between China and America? Yes, he's saying that it might de-escalate, but according to him, that once U.S. backs away and it de-escalates, that would kill China. Because well, sure, there's no losers really apart from China, but because then <laughs> it, they've had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> so and the other five thousand years ain't bad. The other thing he's saying is that Chinese demographics are so bad that. Again, same thing with Russia. Russia is sort of far ahead, but China is getting there where um, they're not going to be able to sort of fight their way to win because they're not going to have a population that is young enough to fight these wars. Dude, and we're back, baby. We're back. Now, the, the, so this is, this is his sort of view. Now... <laughs> Everyone, sound the alarms. We're back. And uh, coming for his uh, new book, uh, We're Back, Baby, We're Back. And then in brackets, In terms Australia. of Australia, he doesn't, <laughs> talk, Australia, yeah. he doesn't talk a lot about Australia, but one of the there's a few sort of advantages that we have in this new world. So he's basically saying that we're going to move away from this capitalist world and we're going to go back to an old school mercantile where whatever your country has... This is sick. ...is what's going to be... This is great. This is what the world wants. This is what I want. I want it too. I'm sick of this except, except in Except that you can source supply from spheres of your influence. So America would be able to depend Good. on Mexican It's, it's a little bit more like, what's the term? Not populist. Uh, whatever the term is. It's like relying Nationalist. on... Nationalist. Yeah, basically. Without the killing. You now, know? The, now, for Australia's <laughs> context, <laughs> if his worldview is... Oh, if, they'll be killing. If he, if he ends up being right, yeah. in this world, we have... Overall, we're in a better position because, dude, Asia is fucked if he's right. This is they're going to be screwed wow. hard. So, um, but Australia, we have a few advantages and we have a few disadvantages. The one of the big advantages is that we are rich in terms of uh, energy supplies, right? So, uh, we have our coal, we have our gas, we've got uh, also we've got huge renewable potential, which a lot of these countries would really kill for. Um, we have uh, uh, an isolated enough geography that we aren't. It's not easy to invade us. That Delhi and Perth. However, yeah, our entire <laughs> didn't know that, did he? Most of our economy <laughs> is based on trade. Yeah. With what is China? Which not just China, but rest of Asia, Japan. No, but surely China can secure our borders and use us as their not if they're bag. fighting with us. But this is the whole thing. If if the US is retreating and they're just leaving China to its own devices, then it just inevitably moves into the phase that Paul Keating is saying is inevitably going to happen. Yeah, but then like it, there's a big distance between us and China in terms of waterways. We're gonna have to go through yeah. the South China Sea. So, and according to Peter Zion, the South China Sea is going to be a battleground. So between our ships, the US and China, between according to him, not even the US and China, China. And rest of Asia, so Japan, Philippines, Malaysia, they're going to be fighting. Our best bet is actually for our labor, uh, for manufacturing products, is going to be Southeast Asia. So Indonesia, Malaysia, we might be able to control the waterways between us and them. But what happens when it goes to East Asia is, according to Peter Zahn, like, we might, our ships might not even be able to get there. It's fine. Because of so, so... Uh, nah. I don't buy it. 
Don't buy it. Me, I'm not saying that what he's saying is absolutely right, but it makes I, sense. I'm, gi- I'm giving you his sort of analysis. I mean, it's a different perspective. That's for I sure. think. I think one of the one of the things that I think about is sort of a weakness in his argument is that it assumes that if America, let's say America does retreat, and there's a vacuum in East Asia over who controls the waterways, the assumption is that they won't be able to figure it out. That there'll be a fight. And they won't. There they, they won't be stability, but maybe they are able to figure it out. I just think that, like, wouldn't Asia become a region? And it just go back to those old days of China is clearly the head of the hegemony here, mm. and everyone is just going to have to get in line with that. And Asian countries are fine with falling in line. Yeah, but according to him, if 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 Chinese demographics. <laughs> are looked at by the year 2050 the chinese population is going to halve and so there'll what? be that's still 500 billion 500 million people 500 million people however you can't keep the state as it is 500 million people means your economy is going to definitely contract so the other thing is when your population ages japan is the only country where you can see how that works so Japan is aging pretty badly, and they're at the most advanced stage. Robots. And so they've invested a lot into robotics and automation <laughs> to help them. <laughs> Peter Where do you, why do you think I'm still alive? <laughs> but Sorry, in, in, a, in a world where supply chain collapses, automation is going to become really difficult. because. But they can get their materials for their automation from us, surely. They can, theoretically, but... Who is to guarantee that the passage between Australia and Japan is going to be safe? China. Maybe China China would be in competition with Japan. So they would have incentive not for I'm sure they'd be in competition with Japan, but, you know, the US is in competition with Japan. China's main concern, its immediate concern, is getting its oil from the Persian Gulf to uh, to its uh, to its. And, and China Asia doesn't borders. have incredible... Uh, renewable potential. Uh, they must. There is so they have us. little. They do have some, because most of the world is not able to, is not in a good enough geography to produce renewables. Chi- China. Are, is. There is some part of China that is, but it's not sufficient for their population. Really? Even the half to twenty fifty population. Dude, I'm not. I'm not an expert on this. I'm going by Peter Zahn's sort of take on it, Dude, and his thing is out. that it's not enough. Only the U.S. is self-sufficient in all of these areas. <laughs> well, they always have been. They're, they're just and and Australia and he doesn't talk about Australia because according to him, we're not worth talking about because we're too insignificant. Fair enough. Yeah. And New Zealand as well, for that matter. Very well, fair. that's fair. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> they're not significant enough for us to talk about. <laughs> he is saying the places that are fucked are Europe, for one. Not all of Europe, but a lot of Europe. Because he's saying Europe that be, yeah. they're, they're not energy self-sufficient. They've invested trillions of dollars into renewables, but they forgot that the sun doesn't shine in their countries. See, but these, these are all Republican talking points, which is exactly him. Like, as I know from you talking about it, it's just like, before we begin, I'd just like to get two things obviously clear, right? America's the greatest country on earth, always has been, always will be. And uh, also, Ronald Reagan was the greatest president of all time. Now, let's get into geopolitics. It's like he's clearly coming from that angle. Is he? Well, I'm sure he is coming from that angle. He seems like a patriot. He spent most of his time in the State Department and, like, 
uh, center right think tank. So yeah, shit. so he's like, I'm sure he's an educated man, yeah. but his whole worldview is grounded in what is best for the American machine. The other one of the things, yeah, but like one of the things he's arguing is that after saying basically because of this Russian war, which is gonna keep, which is gonna continue for a long time. He also thinks that Russia is going to take over Ukraine at some point, mm. uh, all of Ukraine. Mm. But he thinks that our best bet for Russia not to go further and start attacking other NATO countries is to keep Nuku. them bogged down in Ukraine. <laughs> but what that means is that the energy supply is going to be is going to be low for the foreseeable future. The only energy supply that we would have is um, it would be coming from the Persian Gulf, so countries like Saudi Arabia, Iran which are going to be constantly fighting because the um, um, America isn't going to secure Saudi Arabia like I did back in the day uh, because they don't care about the energy coming from there because their energy is self-sufficient. So there's going to be wars in the Middle East over this too. And Middle East is extremely food insecure and there's going to be massive starvations over there. So energy supply from the Middle East is going to be hindered by this process too, which means that East Asia is not going to get all of its energy. See, this is the thing that I immediately flagged when you told me about this, was the fact that he's saying that uh, Germany gets 8% of its energy from renewable sources. I know that that is a Republican talking point and that it's not true. And mm -hmm. I think it's actually closer to 40%. And they have the a capacity of 60%, that, but their efficiency rate is 8%, apparently. Yeah, but see, I remember reading some big debunk of that and I'd have to go back because it was a long time that I read that, a long time ago that I read that. And it's just, it's again, it's one of those things that they just chuck out to just keep the idea going that you need gas, you need petrol, you need bloody nuclear energy. It's one of those things coming from that yeah. place. And obviously if he's coming from all of these think tanks like the Cato Institute, he's just going to say that and move on. He's also saying mm. that once once the energy supply gets disrupted, countries, poor countries particularly, are either going to have, they'll only have two options. Either they starve in darkness or they go back to coal, which means that there's going to be re-emphasis on making energy through coal in countries like India, uh, Pakistan. That's not good. And... And he's saying there's no other way for them to be able to do it. So, which is going to be pretty shitty for countries like us that are going to be affected by climate change. How does he explain the fact that renewable energy just keeps going online at quicker and quicker rates than in even certain the areas. most optimistic predictions are? In it's not certain areas, though. It's global. Well, he's saying that there's a few places where renewable energy is viable. Not, I, and Europe and Germany is not one of them. I'm going to have to look this up. I'm going to look this up again mm. because I swear to God that I remember this being just such a like thing that they kept emphasizing, that exact point. And that's what makes me feel really fishy about this guy. I'm I mean, just the fact that he... Okay, he predicted uh, Ukraine falling. I'm sure that somebody who is grounded in State Department geopolitics... Uh, is right a lot of the time about this stuff. But they are also... See, this is the other thing as well. Like, he's just so proud of America's energy independence. It's another State Department thing. Yeah, no, like all of this is true. His is but the, in that position. But the other thing that he's not wrong about is the energy supply crisis from the Middle East too. Because he's right that in the sense that 
Dude, uh, right now, Saudi Arabia is regularly being attacked by proxies of Iran, where they would, uh, Yemen would uh, launch rocket launchers on Saudi oil fields, and they would destroy like 10%, 20% of their capacity. Yeah. 20 years ago, if that happened, Iran would be nuked. Mm. Today, when it happens, America doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So it's already happening. Yeah. And so Saudi Arabia is now in a position where they're like, he, they can't really do anything about this. Mm. The, the whole sort of status quo in the Middle East is going to change. And when that happens, there's usually a period of turmoil. And when that period of turmoil would happen, not only Russia is in crisis, but so is the Middle East. That sort of eliminates most of your energy. So oil is going to go through the roof. If we, if we think that oil prices are bad right now, they're only going to get worse. You guys actually keep talking amongst yourselves. I'm going to look at this 8% quote. Well, I just got a bicycle, so I'm all right. <laughs> Damn. But the good thing is, is that energy independent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still have the pedals, so I will be energy independent. Yeah, but very you use soon. your bicycle to power them. Going. <laughs> 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 no, 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 not my guitar pedals. I mean, oh, your pedals. Uh, my actual pedals. pedals of the. But fuck, my guitar pedals. No, my guitar pedals. What brand <laughs> is. Uh, they're asking, what brand is it? I can't remember. It's some Italian. Nice Italiana bike. It's vintage. Do you know how much I got it for? How much? 30 bucks. Some guy who was like on, on Marketplace. Did you bring that bicycle that's literally in that's that balcony? That's not mine. I, give me Who's some credit. Whose bicycle is that, Jordan? It's, what's his name? Um, what's his name? I, you, you, I forget his name. Anyway, uh, it's his. Anyway. I wouldn't ride a mountain bike. You don't ride a mi- mountain bike in the city. Yeah, see, look, 2020, uh, the share of power consumption in Germany, power consumption, we're not talking about potential. We're talking that they went up to 46% in 2020. 46%, maybe. They're up to 46%. It's a talking point. It's not true. Is it? May I look, I'll have to go deeper into it. That's his take, that it is not sustainable. In fact, he was saying that Germany because of this, is now investing in... No, they're definitely right about that point that they can't get all of their energy. They're not renewable energy self-sufficient. That is true. But they're not at 8% at the moment. They were at half, nearly half capacity. They'd be at half capacity now. It's 2022. Then why are they obsessed with that Nord Stream Mm -hmm. pipeline? Sorry, I'm just responding because it's a dumb thing. Because they still need half their energy. Yeah. Yeah, clean energy generated 46% of Germany's net public power. Well, dude, I think I think the part about the business as usual is not going to go on is probably right, though. But this this sort of sounds like at least it's not. It's I think I think I think a de-escalating of like global superpowers going to war is a good thing, even if it re- even if it reacts in the smaller. Well, look, the reaction. The, the but it sucks for us because our our sort of affluence comes from the U.S. saying. We've got the oceans covered. Send your ships. No one's going to do anything. I thought our affluence came from trading with Asia. Yeah, but we trade with Asia through the oceans, which are secured by the US. Like, dude. Yeah, but if China's more desperate for resources, then they're going to get them off us. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be like... They, they Look, most of their resources, their main concern isn't even us. It's actually the oil from the Middle East. I know, but 
I'm not saying it's not like a death knell of Australia. I don't think. No, no, Australia is, is relatively secure. The only aspect of it is uh, is that climate change is sort of fucking us over pretty badly, and that's yeah. not going to get fixed anytime soon. So certain areas, like it's also like a uh, the lotto. He was explaining how some part of Australia, because of climate change, uh, is some part of Australia which was like producing agriculture was experiencing effects of climate change by increased temperatures, but. The, the increased temperatures were mostly during daytime, which was ruining the crops. Whereas in Minnesota, the same sort of temperature rose, but it rose at night, which was actually better for crops. Shit. So it's like, it's one of those lottos. So we, generally speaking, our future is secure, mm. unlike Middle East and rest of Asia. However, our access to the Asian market is probably going to get screwed over. Well, not, come on, not necessarily. Hopefully not. Hopefully Can't we not. trade with like South America from Perth? South America? Yeah. Well, yeah. Go we, Indian we've got, Ocean. We've got the Pacific. Which Indian is Ocean. I'll give him this. He's definitely saying no, this as well about e- Germany, that uh, the interruption in pipelines from Russia-Ukraine conflict is forcing them to prolong their use of gas. But they're, they're all saying they're the same thing. That they, they act, they're the government is saying that they actually have 80% capacity Shit. for renewable energy in the country. He's saying 60%. Well, hopefully, hopefully. And and if, if, we're, if it works out, then okay, North Europe is safe. But what about the rest of the fucking world, you know? But I mean, they'll be on the same thing. This is the thing that's insane. It's like, yeah, the sun doesn't shine. Yes, it does. It shines every day. It shines every day across the planet. And this idea that, like, you're not getting uh, uh, energy from wind turbines and solar farms when the sun isn't shining and the wind isn't blowing. You are. You're just getting it at a reduced capacity, which means that you just need to put more renewables online. And then you also have the alternatives of tidal power and, like, uh, what's that thing under the ground? The thing that Iceland uses, volcanoes. Oh. Not that, but, like, Germany has their version of that. Oh, right. Yeah, He's hydro. that the next big superpower in uh, Europe is not actually Germany, it's going to be France. Come on, Croatia. And why? Why? Their demography. Nuclear power. Is that it? I think part of it. He, he's also saying that nuclear Which power is... why is they're taking them offline. This guy sucks. Check, <laughs> check him out. I was, I'm and just giving you, you an Germany's doing the same guy. thing. It's, so, it's such a lie where they're always just being like, oh, France has 80% nuclear power. Again, it's stats that are wrong. Like they're down to 70%. They're moving Dude, do you want to hear a really crazy call of his? He is saying that the Chinese, uh, the current state of China is going to collapse within this uh, this decade. Nah, this guy's a crackpot. Big calls. He's what yeah. they call a futurist. Maybe he was right. Like a broken clock is right twice a day. Maybe he was right on Ukraine, but not necessarily. That's and a possibility. You know what else? This is something that you hear about futurists because I remember talking, listening to someone that was doing like an overall survey of futurists. You know what the general consensus between them? They were able to very accurately predict from 1950 to now very well with 30-year prospects on the outward from probably doing the same things that he was doing. They're saying they're down to like five to ten years. They're saying very quickly it'll be three to five years and after that it'll be 18 months. Wait, what's that? Technology is just moving. You look at the graph of technological explosions in the world, right? Like it just goes like, you know, uh, like... 1800s and there's like a yeah. slight bump and then it goes 1900 slight bump and then it just goes 
uh, when Friends went on air, and there's a, <laughs> <laughs> a direct correlation between Joey and <laughs> the invention of uh, MySpace. <laughs> He's also saying that the tech progress is going to slow down severely, if not halt. Because really? tech progress is very... An uh, affluent thing. No, no, no. It's, it's dependent on manufacturing. So if you're building some uh, robot in Japan, you need, the chips. you need parts from Russia, you need parts from Australia, well, you that's, need parts from Brazil. That's kind of a good point. And which was sort of the system in this globalized sort of uh, well, good. free trade. Let's go analog world. again. Fuck the metaverse. Yeah, and so he's saying that the technological progress is going to slow down as a result of the broken supply chains too. All good things. <laughs> it is the Australian wet dream. <laughs> it's just like, wait, so does that mean we don't have to care about anyone else? Take your chips with you. <laughs> <laughs> Only chips I care about is Smith's chips. <laughs> Made in Australia. <laughs> and they start powering our computers as well. Hey, what do you know? They've got more memory in them. <laughs> I'll get back to a typewriter. That was an intro. To- Gladly. Yeah. Sick of screens and that screensaver that comes on. It doesn't even work. I know, it's annoying. The screensaver. But can we move on to like more important issues? Because these are. Uh, what's happening in the Amber Heard trial and how good is Top Gun? <laughs> Thank you. Finally, what are we? What are we? The thing that America's actually self-sufficient. <laughs> Tom Cruise films. All right, let's start with the Tom Cruise films then. Top Gun. What's All right. the Top Gun review, Miss? Um, uh, edge of your seat action. Nineteen uh, eighties cringe. Uh, cringe core dialogue. Hot, like blatantly. Blatant American propaganda to join the Navy. Yes. Everything you want. Yes. No cucked shit. Nothing. No, like, lame SJW stuff. All action, all the time. Tom Cruise has sex. Tom Cruise gets his shirt off. Yes. And Is he still uh, packing? He's still killing it. That's my boy. Uh, there's, I won't ruin it, but there's some a lot of throwback actors, which is just like, huh, what do you know? That's still awesome. alive. Really cool. Is Val Kilmer in it? I do what I'm going to say. You know, Val Kilmer can't speak anymore. I do know that. <laughs> he watched sad. the movie. <laughs> I don't. Want to, I don't want to ruin anything. No. No spoilers. No spoilers. But Val Kilmer's in it. <laughs> no spoilers. And Val Kilmer has a monologue, despite not being able to speak. It takes up twenty minutes of the film. No, he's got that thing where he puts on his neck and. <laughs> wow. Well. He sounds. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't sound uh, that fucking. You just sounded like you were smoking no, a bomb. It's, it, it, they do a voiceover for him. Some actor does like his voice. His oh, thing. Oh shit. Because he is now what's considered a uh, a disabled actor. Wow, yeah. so it's Val Kilmer with Morgan Freeman's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you could do it, Maverick. Batman was waiting for you in the sky. Wait, so what's um, your rating of Top Gun? Out of well, 10? look, having said all that, having said all that, obviously my rating has to take into account every movie ever made, you know, like the history of movies, like from like the greatest movie ever made. Who do you think? Yeah. You know, Hootie Tang, yep, that's uh, the gold standard. You know, the history of film in Christ, it's not an easy bar, it's not a high bar. So, like, in that regard, I would say, like, you know, three out of five. But for what it is, or maybe even two and a half out of five, but what it is, for what you are going in there for, for what it is in the, in the world of, like, action, you know, uh, like, like action, kicking ass, um, Tom, a Tom Cruise movie, five out of five. 
for in that specific genre in action five out of five but in terms of like you know the history of film like yeah like two and a half like some of the some of the some of the dialogue is so cringe and I'm just, i was just like ah, ah can you, you give me do? one line I can't even remember. That's how like unmemorable the, the 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 dialogue was. But like, you're not watching that for the dialogue. I think it was the kind of thing of like, you know, an action sequence happens, and then someone's just like, I don't know, sort of just like kick ass, something like that. I right. Don't I don't know. There was something you will love it. I think there was something. There was some just stuff too, like very cheesy eighty. I mean, you will die. It's just. It's just. Yeah, it's, it is. It is one hundred percent true to like uh, that. 80s like kick-ass genre you'll love it so and the I, soundtrack is 80s yeah but they they had kenny to, loggins doing it please. yes yeah he's doing he, it that's still in there but go they, kenny but they did have to sneak in some like lady gaga or some shit but she's pretending she's from the 80s so it's it's very in the zone of that style of music so there's some i'll ones, allow it yeah and there's some like se- dude, 70s rock like it's just an it is it nailed it sorry but some of the, sorry but maverick is a 10 you're a wrong slav I just said it's a five. I said five in the zone of no, that. No, some people are saying you're right, Slav, too. Yeah, I'm saying like... And this is what everyone... Actually, like, our friend summed it up really well. He was saying it's simultaneously the best yeah. and worst film ever made. That's exactly what it is. It's simultaneously the best and worst film ever made, which brings it to 50% because yeah. some of the dialogue... But like... And that's what the comments are reflecting. But the, uh, the, the, the riff is so cool. Still there? Has it been... Uh, same, 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 same. It's a Brilliant. Why would you change that? You can't. And, yeah. and the and the fucking is Danger Zone in there? I think they might have left that out just because they're like, you know, we don't want it to be like a parody. <laughs> I suppose it's only me that wanted it to be. A parody. I mean, it's too much. It's too much to be like. Welcome to the Danger Zone. It's just like <laughs> the first movie does exist, you know, but it is very honestly like. Put it this way, apart from like a couple of cringe lines where I'm just like, oh, what? You can't, I can't not laugh at that. You're trying to be serious. I can't not laugh at that. But that's great. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This exactly. You love it. The thing that I hate about our generation, everything has to be self-referential and ironic. And I know that I've made a career out of doing that because I'm just a product of my generation. But I like the fact that Tom Cruise comes from a time where you could seriously, yeah. seriously make the film Cocktail. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's that's it's, great. It's some of the best fun I've had in a cinema for a long, long so time. So Tom Cruise, I'd see it is, again. I'd see it again in the movies. Tom the Cruise, action is just, even though the dialogue sometimes is just like, what are you talking about? The action is insane. They, it's all real. <laughs> they filmed it all in jets. Yeah, because apparently he didn't right. want to do green screens at all. He Dude, was like, no, it's, we're gonna do it. And, and there's a scene too. I mean, obviously he's not fine. There's there's a pilot behind them, and they're just acting. But they're in Doesn't there. Doesn't Tom Cruise know how to fly a jet? Well, there is a scene in there uh, where it is Tom Cruise fr- flying one. No. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, and you can tell. <laughs> it's it's amazing. I'm just like, this is not a normal man. This is not a normal human being. How are you doing this? <laughs> he's just like. Psh- and it's just like, yeah. And it's just like, how are you? How, 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 when did you get your li- license? Like, he has no fear. He just doesn't have any, it's, it's amazing. I don't know how anyone, I don't know how, some, like, um, I don't know how nobody died on that set. Genuinely. I just don't understand how they didn't yeah, I'm die. I'm sure there's a safety team that is being paid millions of dollars to ensure nobody dies, but. You can't insure it though. Because if you're like going through canyons, like, and like being like, 
doing these crazy stunts. There's always a. There's always going to be. I'm sure a, Tom Cruise was doing his scenes, but the other actors weren't doing it. No, but there's still a fighter pilot flying, but they can fuck up. You know, it wasn't like they weren't like they weren't like you know just being like you know it wasn't like a jet, just like it was like close to the ground and shit. And anyway, dude, you will die because it's basically the best action movie ever mashed in with like American Pie. Two thumbs up. For Top Gun Maverick. You, you'll die. You will, yeah, Jordan you, would love you. I gotta go. Dude, you I gotta go. <laughs> you need to see it. It's so and good. And see, this is the other thing. Guys, can you let me know in the comments, was uh, Nicolas Cage being extremely self-referential a letdown? Nicolas Cage? That could go either way with his the Nicolas unbearable Cage. talent of being Oh, I haven't Nicolas seen Cage, that. I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, because those are the two big films, surely. Um, it is really sad that we're just never going to have... It's really uh, as Hollywood star like Tom Cruise. I know. Ever again. It would be really cool if this movie sort of almost reignited this thing of like, you don't, you know, you can make movies that are, they can be a little bit silly and a little bit fun, you know, like it's okay. You know, you don't have to be like, you don't have to be making some profound statement all the time or some arty master. You honest, don't have to do never that. profound anyway. Yeah. Well, sometimes, but it's like, you know, there needs to be all shades and it's like, it's cool to see an action movie that's like essentially Fast and the Furious, but not shit. You know, it's like, let's make it good. And, and, and well, Fast and the Furious God. is, is people do like it. I know, but it's not like that. It's not like that. It's, it's really not. It's like his Mission Impossible movies. Cause it's better than that. It's one of the best movies he's done in a very, very, very long time. Like I was literally going, like it was like, like IMAX. I was like gripping my, I was just going, like I was gripping my seat wow. a lot. Let's I gotta see this yeah, movie. Gotta see <laughs> you gotta too. see it, dude. That's look, okay. Uh, it's so can you good. Compare it to what the last film of his that I thought was just uh, pure oblivion. Tarm. Oblivion was incredible, Edge but again, tomorrow? I like that because it was a bit of a joke. Edge of Tomorrow. Mm. Edge of Tomorrow was brilliant. Mm. Where does that sit? Was Edge of the Tomorrow the one where he's reliving the yeah, same yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Way better than that. Way better. Ten times better. Way God damn, Miss Love. Is so it better than John Wick? Bar. Yeah, it's just John Wick sucks anyway. I don't like so John Wick. So Tom Cruise is the undisputed king of action. Dude, this is solidified. Really? Dude, before I was kind of like semi, there's levels of irony where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, he's cool, but like he's kind but of Vin attacky. Diesel has been it. Yeah, but like now I'm just like, the crown is belongs in one place and one place only. Mm-hmm. Atop that short man's head. Yep. <laughs> It's rad. And Miles Teller's awesome. The I don't other, know who that is. The other guy with the moustache. The, uh, the one that's like, you're a maverick, Tap Gun. He's <laughs> <laughs> his son. He plays his son. He plays his son. Yeah. So is he a jet fighter pilot, is he? Oh, yeah. Just, man, <laughs> I, I really hope this isn't a last hurrah. I hope not. It's so good. And it's also <laughs> just incredible that he is a grandfather. Sure. Is he? Right? Like, he's of that age. It's so funny because it's yeah, like... He's like old? His, he's well, almost like, 60. Like, he... How yes, he does old? look old. He, I think he's 60. Like, the thing is, he looks great in day to day, but then when you're seeing Tom Cruise now in 4K IMAX, you're like, there's a lot of cracks on your line. Uh, cracks on your face. Yeah, he's 60 face. years old. But he pulls it off. He pulls that shit off, man. He pulls it off. I'm telling you, it's so good. Fuck, he's a good-looking 60-year-old. He is. He's just... And inc- the, yeah, the world's you, greatest man. I'll give you another Hands tacky down. line. There was a there was a part where he's flying, and then the guy like you know doing the intercom just goes, 
He's the fastest man in the world. <laughs> Dude, maybe there's something. Like, maybe Scientologists are onto something. No, they are. They really are. Are there's they? There's some pamphlets you should read. What on. are they onto? <laughs> well, I'm intrigued. No, I, I just truly do think this. Everybody says it's a cult, and it's like, yes, it is a cult, but it also has a lot of neurolinguistic programming in it. Uh-huh. Too much neurolinguistic programming, but. <laughs> I think that when they're always, it's no coincidence that there are a lot of actors that are Scientologists, and I think it's because they condition you like a dog to be a succeeding machine, mm. and it helps their services if there are Hollywood stars that are Scientologists, obviously. And so, yeah, when people always have all these horror stories of uh, people just working for eight cents an hour and getting beaten, I'm always thinking, yeah, but maybe they're just not the talented ones. <laughs> I think that if you are probably of... Uh, uh, sign up today. That's what I'm saying. Sign up today. I think that there probably is... There's probably a direct correlation between the philosophy of Scientology and your chances of succeeding if you don't go to the gold platinum member cast thing where they talk about two aliens having yeah. a fight under the tectonic plates. Yeah. Is it just an overpaid therapist? They're kind of anti-therapist. Uh, an anti, yeah, an anti-therapist. Yeah, anti-therapist. <laughs> they're, they're screwing you up. Mm-hmm. They're screwing you up, but I, I do think that... the And, and Tom Cruise would accredit this. A, a lot of his demeanour and his energy comes from the teachings of Scientology. He definitely mm-hmm. has that, that proactiveness, isn't he? It's just kind of being like, you know, like, you can do anything. It's like... Because he's also their he's prophet. It. Yeah. Isn't Sorry? he also their prophet? Tom Cruise. Yeah, Dude, heaps of them. Elrond Hubbard's their prophet. No, apparently Tom Cruise is like the king. Oh, he's dead. John Travolta's a Scientologist too, right? Yeah, but yeah, like... Yeah, but who cares about him? Sure. I mean, the last movie he did was in a dress. Didn't he shoot someone <laughs> on set recently? <laughs> Sorry? John Travolta. Oh, no, that's the other guy. Alec Wait, Baldwin. Alec but John Travolta just shot someone on set. <laughs> it was an accident. He just did it. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for you guys to see it, though. Like, Jordan, you're going to just be like... You're gonna, you're gonna love it, dude. You're gonna love it. It's um, I loved looking at the logo. It's all around American fun. That's what it is. Yeah, good old fashioned so American fun. So many American flags waving in the wind. You know, <laughs> that's cool. I'm and so they, and they, glad. And it's they were back. also they were also logistically smart about it, and that they never uh, define who the enemy is. They just call it the enemy, which is smart in this climate. Well, they did that in. Top Gun, right? Oh, did, I don't remember. But or did they actually say, like... The uh, Russians. You know, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> I honestly don't remember, but either way, it's smart because it would be fucking so antagonizing. Because they kind of don't have an enemy right now. Well, it's just a good move because, like, it's like, dude, imagine if a war started over Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the best reason for it. All yeah, right. There's way lamer reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the Top Gun Wars and Top Guns were being used in the war. How ironic. Yeah, and it's all over is it a 10 out of 10 movie or an 8 out of 10 movie? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From one king to another, Johnny Depp. He's another king. He is. Yeah, I don't know. Much oh, Johnny. Jordan is like <laughs> deep into the Johnny Hurt. Johnny Hurt. <laughs> I'm not as who is Johnny he? Depp and Amber Hurt. I kind of got off, like, I watched bits and pieces of it, but what are the key takeaways? So the jury is now thinking on what's, who's going to win, Jordan? Uh, I don't know enough about the American system, but I'm guessing that Amber Heard is going to win. Because it's hard to prove. Her defense just came up and said, if you don't give Amber Heard a complete pardon, 
then you're saying that the First Amendment doesn't exist. You don't hate the Constitution. <laughs> and everyone's just like, oh, God. Oh, I mean, she's got me. That yeah, small Tom Cruise is on the jury. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> that small hobbity looking woman who's like a librarian, but somehow a lawyer too. You can't think that. Yeah. And what's up with this uh, Johnny Depp's lawyer being like his new girlfriend or some shit? Hats. That's what's There's up with no, that. Are they? They're not. Dating, no, no, they're sure. not saying that. But I've seen like TikToks where they're like, they 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 cut mm. Johnny Depp looking at his lawyer, and then there's like hearts that appear. And he's like, I came uh, here to fight my ex, but I found my love. I mean, everybody on earth wants to date that woman. Mm. She's awesome. You know what else it proves as well? Take no kids. Competence is hot. Yeah. It's really cool seeing someone at the top of their game killing it. And she's so good. And she's a way better actor than Amber Heard. And she was having to play against Amber Heard the whole time. If you know anything about acting, a lot of it is reacting. And she mm. just killed the energy of every scene. But she was still delivering day after day that peak moment in uh, a few good men mm. over and over I, and over. I did again. watch. I did watch her like grilling. I don't know. What you mean. <laughs> Obviously, the law term isn't grilling, but uh, what's it called when you're? Cross-examining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cross-examining. Uh, Cross-grilling. Yeah. Cross <laughs> uh, Amber Heard. And, like, that was... Uh, it was very tactical, like, the way that... Every... You know, the Johnny Depp's team, it was very tactical. He's got four lawyers, right? And, like, the way that each lawyer has their, you know, sort of specialty. And, like, it was smart to put, like, a young, hard go-getter to go against Amber Heard because then it kind of kills the narrative of, like old man mansplaining to Amber Heard. Like, it was very, like, uh, methodical. And she's obviously... She went hard. Fuck. Yeah, she You know how she did. was trying to get those get you moments? She's just like... She'd say stuff... Obviously, it's, it'd be so hard to do, but to get... She was trying to get that moment, a uh, uh, reaction moment where Amber Heard being like, it's true, damn it, you're all right. Is that what you wanted to hear? God damn it. Mm. I hate you. I hate you all. Especially the people in the jury. Yes. She was trying to get that, but yeah. she didn't. But there's moments where she would lead up with like uh, painting a scenario, and then the you know it's kind of like this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened. Okay, logical conclusion isn't. She's like, you uh, you raped Johnny Depp, didn't you, Amber? <laughs> no, she didn't say that. But like you know, to that level of thing. I mean, like you chopped off his face, heavy shit. Like just being like, you you made up this whole thing. You've never been abused. Like heavy shit. Just be like, the only reason you have a career is because of Johnny Depp. This basically said that, yeah, and then she's just she's like, she's no, actually, like. It would, uh, it'd be fucking, it would be. And what's this thing about like them fighting over what movie sucks more, 22 Jump Street? That was half the film. I mean, it's a film. That's the thing, because it is. It's a movie. It It, was just for the world's longest movie, a four week long film. Loved every minute of it. Uh, It might be better than Top Gun Maverick. I'll have to check. (laughs) Just as much action. And it was so good seeing the arguments of two celebrities going at it. That was incredible the because ego, behind ego. closed doors. The egos are ridiculous. Uh, but I loved it. Didn't you? Nah, it made me just be like. The fact that they would have domestics over 21 Jump Street with a terrible <laughs> but show, so, Johnny. But, but and it, the, we're going to go there. <laughs> Bad decisions. Aquaman, Amber. Aquaman. I know, but it's just destroyed my my romanticized <laughs> perspective of Hollywood of like the you actors. You didn't expect them? No. Increased I expect, my romanticism. No, I was so naive. I thought they would sit around talking about like 
Jung and shit, and they just sit there being like, my movie's better than yours. No, mine's better. It's like, you people are fucked. Yeah, but come on. It was funny. Yeah, in a Hollywood fucked way. Mm. It's still glitzy. Okay. What more do you want? What I want- You really expected Amber Heard to be talking about Jung. I, There's no way that woman should ever read a psychology book. <laughs> I don't know. I, she I, is a psychology book. I obviously, she is. I obviously have Case a romanticized study. perspective of like what these actors talk about. Okay, but know? after the trial, do you think he did that shit? Look. Yes. No, no. <laughs> Unequivocally. No, look, this is what I'd say. Guilty. I think it was obviously a very... I mean, I don't know, but it was obviously a very toxic relationship. Both you of them. know why it was? It was because she, her. That think, was why I it was think, toxic. Look, I think that like being completely like, th- let me finish. I think <laughs> that like, I think that like, you know, having someone that's like full on drug addict, it's it, it could be there's there's obviously I'm not saying like he he wasn't, you know, I'm not saying he like I don't think he beat or anything, but like I think you know it would be frustrating. It wouldn't be. It was a toxic relationship, is what I think. She but must is have he a wife he beater? To look at him. I think you know. I don't. I don't know if he fucking hit her ever or whatever. But I look. He might have like slapped her or something. So who, I don't know. You're part but of I the think, jury. Who do you? Who do you? Uh, I think that. Of? I think that the 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 bigger question is, did she fake the injuries? And I think that's like unequivocally yes. And like that is if you like fake various in- and then just come out saying, you know, I don't look. I think that I think that look. I think that she's a lot more guilty than him. Do you, do you know what I mean? In terms of like faking, and she, I, I'm pretty sure she like sliced his finger off, and she punched him. Um, he had a black eye, and so she I admitted think, to it numerous times. Yeah, she's like, I hit you. You know, he never. There's there's no proof that he had hit her. And I wouldn't be surprised what if he never touched her. What about that video where he's like beating up the cabinet and shit? <sighs> yeah, you know what like- happened that day? He found out his mum died and she was provoking him into anger and then sold that footage to TMZ. Jesus. And she was smiling creepily at the end. And, and the, you know, and this, is, this is the thing Which too. Which didn't show in court apparently, the, her smiling at the end of it. No. Yeah. But this is the thing too. Like there was a. I don't know. Maybe maybe they the, did. But the, the video that I saw didn't have it, and uh, the comments said, "And you conveniently left out the last part where she was smiling." Because there's also this right. media campaign. Yeah. So it started with the in most of the population just thinking Amber Heard is psychotic, and they're all pro Johnny Depp. And then all of the basically the ones that voted for Teals decided that that was problematic, and so there's this new media push that says. Um, you stop looking for perfect victims. Yeah, see, it's so stupid. I hate this so much. It was because the press can't get out of their mind that stupid jingoism of believe women. They can't move away from that from a degree. They're sitting there and saying that Amber Heard is the victim because of the online abuse that she gets. And let's not forget, I read this in an article. I've got a video coming out about it. One of them, I think it was in Vogue, was writing... Everybody's focusing on the fact that Amber Heard sliced Johnny Depp's finger off. That's not the thing that she's outraged by. She's outraged by is that he used that finger to slut shame her. What? And this is what, what? we're taught. 
these are the people that get to determine reality. They're that. <laughs> the reason that, that, that they're all sympathising with Amber Heard, I think, is because they're all nutbags like Amber Heard. They're like, yeah, I'd shit in the bed if I was pissed off at someone. <laughs> right? Like, I do think that. They're just crazy. I mean, I think, like, online... Yeah, but, like, I think, I think maybe uh, part of it also has to do with, like, some women are genuinely abused, and I suppose... What's that got to do with anything? This has got nothing to do with this case. Yeah, okay. That's so stupid. I hate that argument where they're just saying that, like... Well, uh, you know, like this is just the fact that Johnny Depp is uh, actually a victim in this situation is bad for other domestic violence victims. I guess what they're what saying the is Johnny Depp should be collateral damage. Huh? I think what they're saying is Johnny Depp can be collateral damage. What, like, yeah, that's what they're saying. They're, they're really saying that and they're also because they're so screwed up in their own heads and they hate the fact that the common pleb has a voice now and that they can write their own narrative and no one cares what they think anymore and they're still just trying to write what they write about other people in defamation cases where they just get to interpret reality because they're the ones that are behind the closed courtroom doors and so they can say this is what happened in court today and you can't do that because everyone's watching the court case and just like in a lot of certain de defamation claims uh if you saw the arguments of the people that are clearly wrong and you saw their lawyer arguing it, the average person, as is clearly shown, would see that it is a laughing stock. Their, 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 their arguments are terrible. They shouldn't, no normal human being would look at that and think that's a fair point. But because you're in the court system, because you're so institutionalized by it, this is the real problem with it, and this is why I love that this is determined by a jury, is that even though like defamation laws are very different in the US, it's basically the exact opposite. So I'll probably find innocent of her anyway, but that doesn't matter because it's the court of public, public opinion court, that you're yeah. trying to get. But the thing that really angers me about cases here is the fact that judges who have no insight to the average person and how they think at all, they spend their entire life, they, they are that uh, Peter Overton cyborg sitting at their like, high desk for the rest of their life, but they're not cyborgs, they're goblins. They're those Gringotts goblins that live for a thousand years. And they do live for a thousand years because they have this beautiful memory of cases that happened in the 1500s. They're really good at citing that. But what has that got to do with being the, uh, the common person? The common person does not know the case of Smithersons versus the Taffy Guild of Speak 1437. For yourself. Speak for well, yes, <laughs> all right. That's You do have an in-depth knowledge of that. Anyway. No, but that's a good point. Okay, yeah, so, good point. But the fact that they are sitting there and they're saying, like, and because they live in that world, right, I know that judges would be listening to Amber Heard's lawyers' arguments that are ridiculous and just morally abhorrent. And they would be sitting there and being like, yeah, such a very clever interpretation of that law. Points mm. to Gryffindor. Yeah. They'd, they'd be giving points yeah. to that other side that does not deserve it. So I, I suppose we can safely say that whatever happens in this case, the public, the, the public opinion, the court of public opinion has ruled in favour of Johnny Depp. Court of Public Opinion is absolutely yeah. I mean, the, the now yeah. you can see the disconnect in the press class and all of them sympathising with Amber Heard. And it's just like you realise how manufactured their values and ideals are and how the average person just does not associate with these people at all. They, do, they don't live in the same world. Mm. Apparently Johnny Depp wants to join the Avengers universe to prove that he's back with a bang. With... A vengeance. Can you a imagine? <laughs> He's so old. Because Tony Stark... I'm drunky. The, the uh, Thor's cousin. Yeah. With the, with the power to black out and forget many <laughs> days of my life at once. 
Okay, I think, he's, I just, think he's just Jack Sparrow. I, I, I would say he's innocent. What but star yeah, sign think, yeah, is what star sign is Amber Heard? What Can Scorpio, you guess? Taurus? She seems a Scorpio, but she's a Taurus. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, Johnny right, Depp is the best one. Johnny Depp is a Gemini. He would be a Gemini. What's a Gemini? Gemini's two. Gemini are very sociable people that like to mingle around in parties, which is exactly that. Man. And I mean, do his cocaine? best friend was Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Right, so. <laughs> and do cocaine? Yeah. Yeah, of course. that's part of partying, you know. Yeah. And uh, Taurus are obviously crazy, right? Strong. Uh, what well, they? yeah. They're like, stubborn, right? <laughs> no? Yes, they're very stubborn. Well, what are they? I don't know. They're stubborn. Surefire, methodical, get their way no matter what. I suppose, look. You, look the only reason why I bring up the star signs is because there's a lot of comments saying, stop talking about the kids and talk about star signs. Yeah. <laughs> finally, finally! You came around. Finally! See, look, it's oh. all right to admit that you're wrong every day, yes. everybody. Like, finally. Um, it, it makes change. Yeah, look, uh, it's just very obvious. Anyone who's ever been in a relationship with someone who has had BPD, you watch that case and you start getting what she claims she has of PTSD. That's what you start getting when you look at Amber Heard and how she argues and how she's clearly just on stage, fake crying. But I think she needs clearly help. believes it. There's something like I do actually like. I think that she's guilty of a million things, and I think I honestly think Johnny, Johnny Depp is more or less innocent. I think that like. What he, do you mean more or less? In, I well, think he's completely innocent. Actually, in t- I don't know what the case is exactly about, but like I like I I'm saying like he's he, guilty of being I'm, a rock star. Like he's guilty of that. Like he might. Yeah, I don't know what the exact case. I don't. I. I don't. I don't know. I don't think he would have hit her. No, but you know so what's I, the, so innocent, really. Whatever happens in this case, I'm not say, what I'm saying, we is, know that Amber Heard's career is kind of dead. Mm. Well, was it ever? But alive? my point. But my point is like, huh. you got to feel. Did, like, didn't Johnny Depp get her Aquaman? Yeah, but there's got to be something. She got so pissed she got off. So angry. That was the only thing she like lost her cool in in the entire time. What I'm saying is like, if she, it's like, you know, if if she's like, I'm not saying it. It it, it should determine you know if someone's like got a mental illness it shouldn't dis it's like oh that well it's fine they can't just you still you still you still, still like done all these things that are You're like criminal asylum no what i'm saying is like Execute. i still kind of feel bad <laughs> for her because it's like i'm not like yes you're right I'm, i'd be like what the fuck is wrong with you but then it's like there's something wrong with her. it would be exhausting to fake you know like even seeing her like on on the stand it's just like it seems exhausting. It seems like an exhausting existence. Yeah, she would definitely have that. Having said that, she ruined a brilliant man's career, <laughs> and I think she should have the book thrown at her. Fair. So she I knows d- what domestic violence is actually. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for the Netflix doco that comes out about the case. It'll be like a movie. But see, this is the whole thing. Movie. It's just going to be nowhere near as good. Just stay away from it, Netflix, mm. please. Yeah, but then Have we could we could also us. find out what's actually going through the minds of the judge and the lawyers at the time. And it will be a complete fiction, and it won't be what they're actually thinking. <laughs> and, but I, I, I do like that aspect of it, I suppose. But I just, Ali, do yourself a favor. Don't do anything for the next month and just watch the whole thing because every part even, of it is Dude, even, even I fell off the wagon. I was like, this is still going? Jesus Christ. Are you still talking about Aquaman? Jesus. Like, I have, I'm not super up to date. Why? I just got, I'm like, 
I don't know. I was like, surely it's all been discussed. Like, isn't it all? Isn't it? What else can be? They were they were they were hauling out like the janitor. So I'm like, so you raked up leaves at one of uh, mansion number three, didn't you? See, did you see anything? <laughs> Care? Like, is this necessary? I suppose I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for joining us today. We hope you appreciate tonight's podcast and uh, sign up to Patreon. On Friendly Geordie's podcast Patreon to listen to the up late, which we're going to record right after having dinner. Sign up, which Ali is cooked. I'm so I excited. Want to know our review of Ali's meal? Sign up to the Patreon. That's the and only you way. You will get an exclusive. Literally the only way you will find out how good his meal is. But is if I may it. tout our podcast that is up late. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> it is. Good. It's worth the money. It's the Australian come town. Come on. All right. See you it, guys. It really is. See you guys. Um, I'm I'm the fat Greek. See you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>